2: I'm pretty good. I um, I'm a little concerned about your level of, of fashion and your ability to keep up with modern trends. Well, so, why,
0: why are you wearing earrings today? Well, because I, I look good, man. <laughs> I look good. I mean, when you look good, you look good. And I, I also, mean, not, there's nothing wrong with it. I
2: like them. It's hard to do the ear, the the headsets with them on, but you know today's guest just. She said, "You know, these look really good." I, yeah, you look, they look. good. The problem was my ears weren't pierced before the episode, <laughs> so I'm having a little trouble <laughs> with that. But um, <laughs> anyway, I want to introduce Kylie Nichols, the founder and CEO of Nickel and Suede. Hi, Kylie.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah. And thanks for the earrings. Yeah. I mean, do they? Do they look as good they as look they look great? Yeah. Uh, I feel like fantastic. they're
1: for everyone. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, let's not. <laughs> you know, I mean, if 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 you feel good, then they're good. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Nickel and Suede, you are quite the entrepreneur.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. Definitely stumbled into it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of us did. Yep. Um, and that's what we want to talk about. So, for those of you listening, go ahead and go to com. so we don't have to describe a gazillion different things. But overall, you guys sell fashion accessories, earrings.
1: Yep. We are primarily in lightweight statement earrings, but we also have other, uh, products like hats and some apparel, um, leather cuffs, um, yeah, other accessories that kind of rounded out, but we started in lightweight statement earrings and that's kind of where we're sticking.
2: She couldn't have brought me a hat. I had to get the earrings.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So,
2: well, so for those of you that, that are just now meeting Kylie, um, you've, you know, from, and we just matter too. So, but you have a really great reputation around Kansas city as an entrepreneur and someone that, um, did a lot of work on the way to getting to where you're at and you've built a, 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 a nifty little brand with nickel and suede. And, you know, I, I think what I'd like to hear about is, I mean, like how did, how did all this start?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's usually where kind of the the questions start because it, even when we you know, we went at the we were on the Inc. five hundred list last year and we were at the conference and we were the only company there that had anything like leather earrings was the reason we got there. You guys were on the
2: Inc. five hundred list?
1: Wow, yeah, congratulations. Uh, thanks. We uh we were one twenty seven last year and wow walking Damn. around the conference and people saying, What do you do? and we weren't a logistics company. We weren't anything in software. It was a You're like we do these le- earrings. We make, leather earrings. We
2: make lightweight statement yeah. earrings, yes. people.
1: And so it was kind of a what? And so definitely oh, wow. the question is always like, how could that, you know, how has that turned into a business for you? So we definitely stumbled into it. I started um, just needing a pair of gold earrings for myself because I was I was a fashion blogger, still am, and I wore silver earrings all the time. They were big metal. Um, heavy, but I didn't really care that it had look. So um, I made a pair of gold earrings out of leather that we already had at home one day. it's just a little DIY and started wearing them around and it felt so different than the earrings I typically wore. So it definitely didn't start as a, man, earrings are so heavy. How can I make them lighter? Let me solve this problem for the world. It was a, I need some gold earrings. I want that. Oh my goodness. Look at this. Like a different material is such a different function and so suddenly there's this functional aspect to a, a big earring which is cool so
2: did you make another pair after that
1: um so i brought i made that one pair cut him out with scissors and took them to my husband and um everything i think so he and i own the business together and what i've learned is that i make the prototypes and he makes the product so it definitely wasn't a product until i brought it to him and he said okay we could make this better we don't need to come out with scissors and we'd had a belt business in the past and so we had equipment he knew something oh, wow. about leather Wow! and so we had dyes made and just really started with as quality of products as we could it at the moment and then we I introduced them to my blog readers and said this is such a cool new thing I discovered and they started buying them and not only did they buy them but after they bought one they'd buy five or six pairs and, it, and I don't want they said, I didn't ever want to wear anything else. And so it was a, okay, this is a new thing. This is filling a need for people that they didn't know they had. And so that was when my husband jumped on board. And so we branded the, the business, it turned, called it nickel and suede. Before that, it was just in my one little mama.
2: Where, where's the nickel come from?
1: Um. So our last name is Nichols. Oh, and so, good lord! But no, it's, I couldn't <laughs> figure that out. Oh my god! <laughs> it's been a problem though because nickel is something that women are allergic to. Yeah. Like that's the one thing you don't put in Really? Life. Yeah. Wow.
0: So oh, okay. I, lo- I didn't know that. I
1: loved like nickel is kind of hard and cold and. And then suede is soft and warm. into this cool juxtaposition of textures. And, and that's kind of how my husband and are. he's like the nickel and I'm like the suede. And so it was our cool, a cool name. And then we've kind of had to overcome that. Like, no, our products do not have nickel in them. There's, there's sterling silver in those things. But yeah, man, so it's I'm going
2: to penalize myself.
0: <laughs> Three donation points for
2: not figuring out the nickel part with Kylie Nichols at, here.
0: At, so at some point in time, do you, <laughs> Do you think about changing the name, or it, what is I guess is the spelling different than Nickel the Metal?
1: No, it's the same. But it's the same. It, yeah, we just. You we, almost
0: like you change the spelling, so like, it's different. or... I know, we're like, we'll just, we're going to misspell our last name. That's right? a
2: challenge, we're though. Like, this, yeah, yeah, well, you've because you built. I mean, you've clearly built a significant brand here. Yeah. Now, I want to back up. So, you were a fashion blogger. Yep. All right. So, how long had you been doing that prior to the first set of earrings?
1: About three. Three years. Okay. So I had an audience of readers that... And do you still do that? I do. Um, and where
2: is that? Where Where do, where do we find that? So
1: that's mama.com. M- okay. M-O-M-M-A.
2: That's where we follow you on yeah. Instagram. So that's yes.
1: our family, my personal style, um, and kind of real life. So I had kind of built my brand over there and that business on being authentic, being real, mm-hmm. giving really high quality recommendations for things. And so people who follow my blog and, and are attracted to it, really know they can trust me and, right. and our family and what we're about. And so it was an easy, they were used to buying what I was selling, basically you're talking about. And so,
2: so what were you are, usually talking about in that? Were you just like, was it normally up fashion and things that other people had made? Yeah. Like it, here, here's, here's a new, mm-hmm. you know, whatever from XYZ. And I think this is great. And maybe this one's not for me and yeah. stuff like that. Okay.
1: Yeah. That, and then just struggles of, and good things about being a mom and just being a woman, like just um, kind of lifestyle and then fashion. So I still do my fashion blog. I work with Nordstrom and Abercrombie and different brands. And I talk about their clothes too and what's in style and things, but it's something I'm passionate about. It's exciting for me to share. And so um, that's just kind of another avenue. And then when people find me as a blogger, especially We found in my my short hair, I have really short hair. That's kind of an edgy style. And so that um, has attracted a lot of different, uh, there's not a lot of bloggers out there like that. And so when they find my short hair and then they see these big earrings, like, what is that? What are those? Hmm. I I need to try those earrings. So it's really helped grow Nickel & Suede.
0: So is One Little Mama has its own Instagram account too? And is it just One Little Mama? Yep. She's got like 100,000 followers. (laughs) It's it's not one little IG account, that's for sure. I've got 100...
2: followers <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah you got some work to do about it
1: yeah it's definitely another it's a separate business but they work together so it's been pretty great yeah, yeah. and,
2: and that well your nickel and suede instagram account is it has about the and same amount of same, followers yeah. too so have you have you found that that building those followings has been really helpful when it comes to marketing your own brand and selling your stuff like i mean you say hey here's a new air ring and it's in front of a hundred thousand people does that directly translate to sales
1: Yeah, I was definitely our biggest traffic driver for quite some time, Um, and it does help. And so that's why I keep both businesses going, because as long as one little mom is growing and gaining an audience and putting value into the world, then that that should translate over to nickel and suede. But it's a struggle to juggle both for sure.
2: It's well, but it's interesting though, because you're, you're, you seriously understand the value of the personal brand that you're building and that influencer status and influencer is such an interesting term because who's an influencer? Like if you have influence on anybody, you're an influencer. (laughs) My two-year-old's the influencer in my house. True. (laughs) Yeah. True. Yeah. And I think, Minus two. Actually, my four and a half year old's the influencer. Yeah, in get it. Like, I get it.
1: I've got five kids. I know what you're talking oh, about.
2: Man. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know how I did. I would, uh, that would be tough. Um, so, well, let's talk about that for a second. So, wow, five kids, five kids, a personal brand, a fashion blog, Yeah. a business line. Now, Okay, you're number 127 on the Inc. 500, which means they publish how much stuff you guys sell. Are you allowed to talk about that? Or like, is that like, I mean, that's in there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, 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 I think. Okay, so I have an accountant and an accountant husband. So I I lean on them for the nitty gritty, but it was about 5.6 million last year, I think. So that's a
2: lot of earrings, man. That's a lot of earrings. How much is the average, like, if how much is the average pair?
1: Yeah. Our, um, they sell between 25 and 35. dollars That's a lot. So, all
2: right. So, you've had to, so with that, you have, okay. So now you've had to learn how to, to manufacture. Yes. Or get someone to,
1: we still manufacture everything ourselves. So, you yeah, have wow. a wholes- you have a whole, where? In Liberty. Yeah. In Liberty.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you have a whole supply chain management. Liberty that's away. Liberty, Missouri, for those that yes. are listening. I know. Good. I had yeah. to drive there with you once, and it's a long way away. Thank you for making the overnight <laughs> See, trip. That's why I was I li- five
1: minutes late. God, <laughs> I,
2: thank you for even being that close. It's a long way away. He's still here in Kansas City area, but
1: yeah.
2: Um all right. So you've, you've got supply chain logistics. You've got order fulfillment. Yeah. And that's probably a challenge too. And then I um, imagine you're, ma- are you managing your own online store as well?
1: Yes. Yeah. Wow. So, I, I mean, you can say all those things. I don't do them all personally anymore. I did at the beginning. I have.
2: But as a business owner, you still have, I, it still falls under your umbrella yes. of things you had to figure out. Yes. So let's talk about that for a second because, you know, so what challenges did you face coming up? Like, what are some of the things that were really like, you're like, I, I think when Matt and I talk about businesses that we've owned or operated, you look back and you're like, wow, I just didn't ever even <laughs> consider
0: that yeah that was a landmine i didn't see coming and and
2: like not only did i not see it coming i had already been blown to pieces by it by the time i i even figured out it was there so like what were some of those things for you
1: yeah um the biggest challenge you had at the beginning was just i guess sourcing materials like everybody else but it but sourcing leather for our specific product was just an uphill battle because Uh, The leather industry is, um, they demand really high order quantities. And Mm -hmm. when we're making such a small product, the reason we were able to start was that we were able to find scraps from other people's projects. Basically, you know, any handbag companies that made leather that was stiff enough for us, we could use the leftovers from that. And so that got us quite a ways. But as soon as we were blowing through those one or two hides of things, we were kind of stuck, like, okay, we have to be able to order quite a bit in order to have something made custom for us. And so it was, that was the first couple of years was just figuring out how to source enough, but not too much of different leathers and to keep coming out with new products. And
2: was that just a trial and error process? Just yeah. kind of figuring out what you're gonna do. And I would imagine though, if you if you're creative and you're making stuff, you probably figured out how to repurpose some of the surplus other stuff. Is that
1: yeah. We we definitely made the most of everything we found, but having to go find other places where we could just buy small amounts and then reaching out to tanneries. My husband and I went to Italy pretty early on because that's where all the tanneries are and just that the language barrier, what do we even oh. ask? The... She
2: says that as if we would know that the tanneries were all in Italy. Oh, yeah. Like well, I had no clue. I would have thought they were we in didn't like, know that. Texas. Or
1: something.
0: Hey, we are in yeah. Cowtown. So I would have thought. <laughs> or here, yeah. right? right, or
1: here. Well, the crazy thing we did find out is that all of the Beef, le- the leather from the beef here in Kansas City does get sent to Italy and oh, processed wow. there and then it called Italian back. leather. So oh, wow. a lot of it's actually Kansas City leather. But um, hmm. yes. I
2: can't wait to get a new <laughs> Kansas City leather sofa. <laughs> I
1: know, right? It doesn't sound the <laughs> yeah. same. No, it really, Disney doesn't quite sound the same. So we um, went and traveled and did some of those things, but it was, we finally reached a point and it was such a relief to be able to say, okay, we can order their minimum quantity and use most of it and not have a lot of leftover by the time we need to have another season. So it's kind of an uphill battle. We also use leather in a different way than, it, than has ever been done before. And so the way we want it finished or the way we, the specifications we ask for, it's just a pain in the butt. For so all the is damage.
0: that in, so, so is that because you have like different designs that you imprint in the leather yeah, and, and it then, has to be hard?
1: Yeah. And having the back uh, protected, we don't, we don't, so like handbags leather is sewn together so the back of the leather doesn't matter because it's faced on both sides with our earrings up until this point it's just been one piece of leather so we want the back to be clean and perfect and it's just different than tanneries are used to doing Mm -hmm. and so when you're a little guy and you want to make stuffy demands it's just frustrating so so
0: so do you have any products um or have you thought about using like imitation leather
1: we've had questions i think mostly from people who are vegan and just Mm -hmm. have issues with it but Uh, I haven't found any vegan leather products or PU that's quality enough to last. Um, leather's just—we, my husband and I both love leather and the quality that just Mm -hmm. sticks with it. So no, we haven't.
2: Okay, you know the only thing I can do that relates to this is I made a (laughs) keychain in like third grade. Actually, my sister made one too, but I still have it. Right, and it's blast. like I, it's, it's like my sister I had why well, made one and she made one for me and it says Matt on it and it's like printed in uh-huh. and I actually still use it That's it's on crazy. a keychain but it's like 35 years old yeah. but it's still legit like yeah. it's it's and you know I it's a keepsake at this point but just thinking about like you know, the longevity and the quality of it, it was just a little strip of leather. I mean, it's literally like, I mean, I don't even know how to, what to equate it to, but
1: do
0: Do you have to do anything, uh, with your product and worry about the leather, like changing color or aging or,
1: um, we have all that sort of stuff. We, um, back in the early days in our basement. So we started in our basement and then we've since moved out a couple of times, but, uh, there would, some of the natural leather did have issues with like sunlight, Mm -hmm. um, but we actually have more of a problem currently with uh hooks and so we use sterling silver and fourteen karat gold. Mm. But so
2: they like tarnish around sterling where silver the silver tarnishes are.
1: Okay. And leather puts out a lot of uh humidity, I guess is what you'd call it. So um our current challenge is kind of finding new sourcing for different um hardware overseas and that's a whole new ball game for us. Neither of us have worked In any job that makes us talk to factories or find them and and finding quality components, it's just.
0: I bet you know how to do that now. It's
1: we're getting there, but it's really not (laughs) what I started the business to do. It's just a. The good news is,
0: there's some other companies here in town that have done some of these things, right? That maybe you can lean on their yeah uh, past employees or yeah. You seem to know a lot about this, Matt. Well, there was another dude. What do you know? There was another big company. company? I remember what it was called that was sold to Avon, right?
1: Yes, Silpata.
0: So, yeah. So, yep. And we've
1: we've met them. They were a jewelry company. Oh, they became huge, huge. 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 Yeah.
0: And sold to Avon. Who were they? What was it called? Silpata.
1: Silpata. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, It was
0: more like a home based, like
1: jewelry party. Sort of like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to say
0: multi level marketing, like sort of. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So we. But have, you
0: would think there'd be some talent around town yeah. that worked there. I didn't realize you help. had such a background. That's, you know, and, and jewelry
2: out. and crafts. That's why
0: they call me Master Watch.
2: I know, man. I know. Like I mean, for real. Like yeah. you, you've presented. That's where I got. You've presented really? so many different dimensions that, I mean, you know, we're in hundreds of podcast episodes and yeah. you just continue to grow a multi-dimensional. as a, as a co-host. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: awesome. That's
2: awesome. I, I didn't, you know, I said I didn't call him the host.
0: <laughs> You'll get there, but Hey, of all the mats on this podcast, you have the most potential. Well, it's, it's one of the things we talk about a lot is, uh, taking the best advantage of the resources we have, right? Yeah. So if there's other talent around from other companies mm-hmm. that you can, you know, hire from and we, call, we recently yeah. heard that referred to as your natural resources yeah. around
2: your business. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and you, so you guys make all this stuff here. We do. And, and you make it there, like on in the, your own facility. Yep. And I, did you just open a new one?
1: We, in January, we moved into uh, 15,000 square feet of warehouse and office space. And then we'll be opening a retail store there as well. Wow. Um, and we, where's that? In Liberty. Okay. <laughs> um, we near target and right off the freeway, but we, it
2: doesn't narrow it down in Liberty. For yeah, me. yeah.
1: for <laughs> <Well, laughs> Maybe if you take a flight up there sometime, you
2: can, yeah, no doubt. Uh, take a chopper.
1: Yeah. Um, so we have been in a 4,000 square foot facility in January, moved into a new one. That's four times as big. And so, so were you
2: bursting out of the seams? We of the were. Other one? Okay. And now
1: we're feeling a little bit like this is a big fishbowl to fill, but it's, We have room now, and it's so nice to finally have room for the next five to ten years. So we do have a factory up there, and that's been another challenge is um, manufacturing everything ourselves. We've thought several times about should we go overseas or should we find somebody else to make these for us, but my husband is so – his standards are just – part of what's made our quality and our sure. brand mm-hmm. and we found Even that
0: it's leather the quality of that yeah. is such a key component to the product right like if it was just st- stainless steel or, or sterling, sterling oh my god okay. oh now, sterling now
2: silver, you yeah. now you falter stainless
0: all, remember steel remember all that
2: stuff i said about
0: your knowledge <laughs> it would be a little more yeah. Yeah you know, ambiguous that anybody could probably make it and source it. Right. Yeah. But the key to your product is the leather, or the quality of the product, you know, the product.
1: Yeah.
2: That's actually something, you know, Matt and I, so we own a company together that has 169 employees yeah. that today uh, in the Philippines. Wow. And, you know, so over 8,000 miles away. That's... And, you know, that's like, it's a little easier for us cuz they make software and stuff like that but i know quite a few people that have tried to source things from you know china mexico different places and it's a challenge can yeah. you talk about that quality control yeah cuz by the time you figure out that the quality doesn't exist you've got a pallet of them <laughs> yeah. or a container yes. of them or something and you're like oh wow and have, is yeah. that so is that the fear
1: yeah that's definitely yeah, part I of think it it's so we we have challenges running our own factory, but at least we aren't burdened with well, ordering the wrong thing from China. And or, you're
0: selling the product at a high enough price point that the cost is not as big of a deal, right? Yeah. If you were selling them for $3, then you'd be like, okay, margins yeah. are got to be tight.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've got some margins, and um, that's part of where it, why our price point is where it's at, and also just... Um, we're, we're working on getting our costs down, making them ourselves, but we, yeah. we like having the control and the nimbleness as long as we can.
0: So are you able to like patent or copyright your designs?
1: Good How question. does that work? Yeah, we haven't, we are not able to patent some of our designs, like our original teardrop design, which was the only shape we made for the first two years. Um, we really wanted that brand recognition of that's nickel and suede, no matter who. Was making them or knocking them off. Um, but then we did start coming out with other shapes, and we've been able to patent any of the ones that I've designed myself. So okay. we have a shape called the gem. That one's patented. We have a shape called the accent. It's patented. Um, and then
0: because that's going to be a big problem with jewelry, right? Is yes. anybody can just copy yes. it and knock and it's it a, off?
1: It's expensive to get the patents, it's mm-hmm. expensive to go after people. So we've spent a fair amount of money on that. And then on those shapes that maybe we don't have a patent for we also we have gone after design patents so we can at least you know this combination or this color and look that's ours so that's
0: gonna be hard knowing it costs say ten thousand dollars to get a patent for one design yeah and you're like, we don't know how much of this we're even going to sell, right? Not to mention the slowness.
2: Of, yeah, uh, I mean, it's not like you just go get that done, and it's yes. not like going and getting a driver's license. We're like, God, I got to wait for an hour, and then you're finally done. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a whole process you yeah. have to go through.
1: Well, and are you really going to want to go litigate? Like, do you really right. want to spend the money to go after somebody yeah. too? I mean, at least it gives you teeth. So we've done it, um, and I, my husband's been smart about you know pursuing that, and but it's it's definitely a painful. Painful check to write.
0: <laughs> so, how do you primarily sell the products? So when you started out, you were blogging about it, yeah. you posting on Instagram on your own, your own account and stuff. But then, how how was the sales part of that? Did that grow and take off?
1: Yeah, we started in, in an Etsy shop, and that was my past experiences. I'd had Etsy shops before, but when we named it Nickel and Soid, we really wanted to have its own identity. Like, where did you get those? Well, you you, you didn't get them at Etsy. We want. I bought them in Nickelsway. That's another reason we've stayed away from Amazon up to this point. Like we just really want that brand. So you don't
2: sell it all on Amazon?
1: Not yet. No. Um, So we got our own website, nickelinsway.com and we just took off from there. So my blog traffic helped quite a bit at the beginning to send Mm -hmm. people there. And then through social media, we've grown. So we sell probably 85 to 90% online. And then we opened up a brick and mortar store in Liberty three years ago. And so we, that did much better than we anticipated we thought it was just gonna be a pickup window for people who Mm -hmm. wanted to get their order and not have it shipped but it's done really really well so uh we're moving that location in next month and then we're also looking at retail locations in dallas and other cities i
0: mean what about selling through other women's like boutiques and
1: stuff a good question we've had lots of interest there and still Basically, push that off for the most part in an effort to maintain our brand and kind of create our own identity. So,
0: uh, it seems like it would be easy to it sell. It would be so
1: easy to say yes, we'll wholesale to you. But I've been so particular about I want my product to look a certain way and be presented in a certain way. And there's so many different boutiques. I just there's no way I could go vet them all. So, Made in KC here in Kansas City, we are good friends with and we trust and know. They're going to represent our products exactly how we would represent ourselves. And so we, we're we finally kind of getting a little bit of breathing room to be able to say, yes, we could create a wholesale program that we're proud of and that we can like kind of give great details on and make sure that there's a no fail. So, so
2: just to clarify, when you talked about Dallas or whatever, th- that would be an actual nickel and suede yep. brand store. Yep. So you have your eyes on like having a
0: whole network of your own. Yeah. Now, now that's a whole nother animal.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's.
0: Wholesaling to uh, other people's stores sure seems like a lot a lot easier. Exactly. Right?
1: Yeah, I think we <laughs> – It could be. But,
0: but then again, when you're – so, all right. So I,
2: I have a background. Before I did software, I had a background in the music industry, largely musical instruments. And the manufacturers that I work for are always really fascinated. They, they would always – they were like, if we could just sell at retail ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, cause they, they feel that they're leaving. They felt that they were leaving money on the table, right? Yeah. you know, and here it's someone else getting the margin, but there's a whole nother dog and pony show you got to go through. Cause you got to have employees, you got to have real estate, right. <laughs> you got to figure out how to sell the stuff. And it's just so many different things that you have to deal with. So maybe the margin's good and maybe it's not.
0: Well, that's why I'm surprised that part of your goal would be to get into like Nordstrom's or someplace like that.
1: So I do think that we've got, we're looking at several different places for distribution right now. And one of those goals I think would be to have some specific partnerships with stores like Nordstrom and Anthropology where we offer limited selection or special edition things with them. For me, that's more of a stamp of like we made it rather than it will make us a lot of money because, um, when you work with these big brands, there's not necessarily, like you said, as much money on the table, like Does they want Nordstrom the even
2: want to sell a $25 item.
1: Um, so that's the other thing is we yeah. have some, we've got some room to get our price points up by, mm-hmm. you know, furthering developing our product and stuff. Um, just going to Dallas was interesting because it's such a different market and a different place than Kansas city. There's so mm-hmm. much shopping and so much money there. And so just kind of learning like, okay, they is room for more expensive products in our line. Sure. Just because we come from Kansas city where $25 can feel expensive.
0: Right. There's not a lot of fashion in Kansas city.
1: No. Or, not or unless you're, in unless you're here
0: it. at the startup <laughs> house yeah. studio. I mean, I'm you're looking, looking very fashionable today.
1: I like that. Yeah. I like good. So, so yeah, we're kind of setting our sights outside of Kansas city, even though we are based here. We love it. Um, I love the idea of our brand having its own retail stores because I can, represent myself the way I want to be represented. Do
2: you feel like there's some markets, like when I think about like just on the outside looking in and thinking, you know, and I don't have a full grasp on your product line, but so I used to live in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Like I could see what you make being a real, like regionally, like a a really good fit for the type of artisans that were down there. And I'm just... There was a lot of like leather craftsmen, like just different stuff and a lot of jewelry making. And a lot of that came from, you know, it came from a lot of the uh, Native Americans were making those kind of crafts. So a lot of people go down there and they're in Santa Fe and they're like, oh, this makes sense. And they get into that. And yeah. I, I, I don't I don't know if that's something you ever considered, but is, are, do you look at specific regions and think like our brand will be received better there than
1: elsewhere yeah Yeah, that's a good point um when we started leather earrings we weren't the first people to put leather on an earring hook sure but most leather earrings were very um i'd say southwestern or niche boho fringy right um that camel colored leather so we were kind of the we were the first to say hey let's take metal looking leather and make it an earring so that it looks like a norm, an earring anybody could wear no matter what their style is, and it feels good too. So, we have kind of seen that we can almost fit anywhere, but we have been looking regionally like, where do we sell the most, anyways? And Texas is one of our biggest selling states besides here and then California and New York. So,
2: do you think there's a reason for that? Or,
1: um, I do think like big earrings, big accessories, big hair, like bit bold statement. I wish Um, I had big hair. (laughs) So I think it's going to be a great market for us because we already have a lot of customers down there. Okay.
2: So are the products you make, like we've heard, I've heard the word big. Mm -hmm. So is that like kind of the main thing? Like it's going to be big?
1: Yeah. Um, We started with really big. Our size large was the first pair that I made and wore. And then we did have requests for, can you make some smaller ones? Like I'm shorter or my neck isn't as long. I can't pull that off. And so... We created earring sizes, so we have small, medium, and large that you can pick for most of our earrings. But yeah, the point is big and to make a statement. And I think the reason we've been able to find brand excitement and loyalty is that when women wear something big and it steps out of their comfort zone a little bit. And so then they're feeling kind of vulnerable and immediately they're getting compliments because someone says, oh my gosh, I love your earrings. And that boost, that feeling of confidence is kind of addicting. And so I've seen so many customers say, I found your product. I wasn't stylish before I had kind of lost myself in being a mom and finding your earrings was the thing that helped me start on my own path of like getting back to me. Um, because you know, you do one little brave thing and it kind of gives you the courage to maybe try something else. Like maybe I could try that trendy style of shoe or maybe this or that, because well, I'm wearing big earrings, like look at me. So it's, it's been really cool to see that confidence that hmm.
2: it's um, kind of like wearing shiny gold shoes everywhere you go, Matt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it
0: is. Like yeah. Idea. Are you feeling more confident today with your, <laughs> yes,
1: yes.
2: Yeah. It's funny. Cause, uh, um, in 2016, I started wearing gold shoes a lot and it kind of spread to some other people. And you know, Matt, Matt loves to embrace the gold shoe now. It's awesome. And, and now I've gotten to the point, like, if I, okay, so I'm going to a networking event tonight. If I don't have, I'm wearing really shiny gold shoes today. People, if I didn't have them on, I'd be at the event and people were like, dude, what are we like chopped liver? You don't (laughs) want to wear your gold shoes out tonight. And I'm like, wow, I really painted myself in a corner. Yeah. You set the standard. Yeah. Maybe. But
1: do they give you confidence? Like, do you feel like you when you're in them?
2: Um, yes and no. (laughs) I mean, there's a, there's a story behind it. And also, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I look like a um, a suburban dad, you know, I do, or like an accountant or something like that. So, and, but at the same time, if you know me, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit eccentric and and loud and a yeah. bit of a character. So I feel like it kind of, I mean, and I also like shoes. Like, I mean, I've just me got it. I've got, I'm a sneakerhead and, and, you know, I'm into that. So, I mean, I have a lot, of, I have more shoes that I have like 10 times more shoes than my wife. And she's got a lot of shoes. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, people ask me that a lot. So maybe I should post a picture of all my gold shoes later.
1: You a should. Lot. got you about should. 40,
2: 40 to fifty pairs of gold shoes. But you
1: sound like our customers because we yeah. have so many customers that have forty to fifty pairs of earrings and well, it's but just, you get into
2: it and it's wow. your thing. And it's then and then you and then, yeah, yeah, and you keep doing it. And then you look. know yeah. and then Matt, you got into it too. So I mean yeah. so Matt was in my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, which by the way, like our story is very similar to yours. Yeah. Like, you know, Matt's uh first company, Venn Solutions, it started, it was in the basement. Yeah, in my basement. Extra yeah, room. My, my first basement. company, which we wrote a book about, which Matt's in the book, it was in the extra bedroom in my home. And it's a very, very typical path yeah. for people that want to start something. And you, you you start doing something around something you're familiar with, or maybe you feel like you have the opportunity to do something. And next thing you know, you're like, wow, we're number 127 <sighs> on the Inc. 500. And we're opening a 15,000 square foot warehouse. Yeah. And you know, who knows next thing you've got, you know, a zillion different things going on. So what's something like, all right, so you're a mother and that presents challenges. I mean, if you're a parent and an entrepreneur, it's difficult. I mean, sometimes I like literally will say to people like, I got to go home and make sure that my family still lives there. (laughs) And I mean that in like an apologetic, but serious way on some days because entrepreneurship will consume you. Yeah. And, um, you know, much like, you know, when you're running an online store, the Internet never closes. So what are some things that you could offer to those listening that are parents when it comes to finding a little bit of balance in your personal, professional or physical life?
1: Yeah, that's definitely a challenge. Do you have
2: anything that you do or like? For example, and I will speak for for Master Watson, like you're, Matt, you're really good. Matt has this like when you know he's his kids are available. He, I mean, he kind of pretty much turns everything off.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And
2: you know that, I mean that I try to no because it, it needs to be done.
1: Yeah, yeah. So is
2: there anything in your life that that you do, or are the kids around the factory or the store ever? Or?
1: Yeah, they it comes and goes. So summertime's really hard because um, Soren and I. We both own the business, so we're both need to be there, right. Um, but we also both have the five kids. So, um, he's, I own the company and I'm the founder, but it's been amazing to have, he goes to work every day, like nine to five for the most part, except for wherever you have to run as an entrepreneur and all the things. But, um, I am much more able to be flexible and come in and go as needed. Mm-hmm. So I have a little bit more of that freedom of, I got to be here with the kids or not here. And then I just am try not to be always on my phone or always like getting messages or whatever, but it's, it's a really hard thing to balance. I feel like probably the one thing I try to say or tell people is don't, um, don't think you need to be the kind of like mompreneur or mom boss or whatever that the internet makes it look like is successful. There's like, I um, kind of, maybe you think that you need to be a certain way or you think it needs to go this way or look this way. But I think each family situation is so different and it's always a phase. So I have a 10 year old down to a one year old right now. And I've been through parenting enough to know that like, it's not going to last right. um, this one year old phase. will move to a two year old phase and then I'll yep, have, a little so bit you more have one, one
2: to 10 years old. Yeah. man, that's a completely, that's a different yeah. phase for sure. You're you've <laughs> had so much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And so it, it kind of helps to feel like, okay, Well, maybe this month it will feel like I'm not getting as much work done, but I know that, or this week, like I know things are going to keep changing and keep evolving. So I just have to stay super flexible.
0: Does your, so does your husband work full-time in the business too? Yeah. So how was the dynamic of working together?
1: Um, you know, it's got its ups and downs. Did um, it.
0: Yeah. You, I, I
2: think so. My, my wife worked at our business for seven years and so many people along the way were like, dude, I could never work with my wife or my husband. We would have killed each other, but we did it really well. That's good. And we, we, I, and I, I don't know what it was, but we just had the ability to kind of know, like sometimes that those aggravating moments in business were just business and that's then awesome. we could turn that off. But yeah. Mm, so, I mean, we, similar? I or? think we've
1: had to learn. I think he and I are really different no matter what we're doing together, <laughs> like parenting kids or business. And so, uh, really looking at the value that each person brings to the table because we're so different, that's really helped us. Like, okay, as long as I really value and put a lot of uh, confidence in the things he's good at right. and he does the same for me, then we'll be successful. Oh, our it's-
2: business would have failed if it wasn't for Jill. Cause she did all the detail oriented <laughs> stuff and like all the stuff that I'm so terrible at or just
0: didn't want to do. And it's key to any relationship is appreciating each other. And when you work together, it's even yeah. more important because you have to have trust in them to yeah. do a certain part of it. Yeah. And you can't fight about it. you got to focus on yeah. work and getting it done.
2: And, and But also realizing, too, that, uh, you know, and, and I actually wrote about this in Million Dollar Bedroom, is you can't expect your partner or your, your family members or your other people just because you're passionate about your business to even give a shit about yeah. it. Like, realistically, on some level, like... And, and it can be seen as competition as well. And yeah. then it be, then you can build resentment and a lot of things come up. So, you know, like for example, Jill, ha, I mean, I don't know if it, was, it wasn't her life's dream to work at our business, but yeah. she did it and we were able to, you know, her goal was really more to be a mom and a parent Yeah, and we got her to that point. That's and awesome. now, and you know, and that was important as well. I think as long as people are trying to figure out, as long as it's not just about what you want. Yeah. And, you know, you can help that other person get what you want, which is tough, which is tough. Mm-hmm. So, so Matt, we're going to do something here. Um, nope. I'm going to give you an air ring budget. Okay. okay. We're going to fire yes. it out of the money. Yes. here. So hang on. Can I get a number between three and six? Uh, four. Okay. One, two, three, four. All right. All right. That is your budget. <laughs> you didn't put hundreds in here. I know. Well, that's a, well, so that's your budget. You can count that up. And you're going to be able to spend that at nickelandsuede.com on anything you want.
0: So lucky!
1: I'm
2: going to buy you a pair of earrings. Um, yeah, I might owe for the or ones I've got on right now. Maybe for my mom or something else. Yeah. So you can count that up. I'm not sure what your budget is here. I'll help you with this other money. I mean,
0: I think I can. I think she said like 20 dollars. Well, we're going to find
2: out, area. and she's going to be able to help us yeah. understand <laughs> what exactly you might be able to afford. And while you count that, for those of you listening, I want you to go to at one little mama. On your, your ability to produce sound effects <laughs> is growing episode by episode. What do you got? And for those $29, hey, what can he, perfect. can he get a lot for 29 bucks?
1: Uh, you can get one pair plus shipping. Perfect.
2: <laughs> you're in, you're in unbelievable.
0: <laughs> you're going to look great.
2: Thanks. Yeah. I'm looking forward awesome. to that. So nickel You can go to at one little mama on Instagram and join a whole lot of other people that follow you. And is it at nickel and suede for Instagram? And that also has a whole lot of different people there. Um, You said that you, do you have a physical location open or is that coming soon?
1: We do currently, it's a 111 North water street in Liberty. So it's on the historic Liberty square and oh. then a new location coming
2: okay so if you're local in kansas city if you're not you're gonna have to shop online
1: we're
2: always um, open there yeah so kylie one thing on the as we kind of round this out um do you have any advice or input for you know i think there's a lot of of women and men that would like to follow in your footsteps and and turn some of the things that they, they like to do into a business or whatever you know a dream or just even just a way to you know, kind of support themselves? Like, what do you, do you have anything to offer or advise them?
1: Yeah, I get this question a lot just as a blogger too. You know, I want to start a blog. How can I make money doing a blog or I want to start a business? How can I make money? And I think for me, it's always started with the passion to add value to the world. And so, um, the way my blog and business have really gone together is that I really want to inspire women to be themselves and to think outside of their box and to feel like I could do more or be more. And I want to be an example of that and then offer great ways to help people be that. So to me, that's kind of
2: start selfless. It
1: starts there where, you know, I blogged for a long time without making any money from it because it was, adding value to me and hopefully to the world. So I think just really thinking, how can you how can I add value without getting any value in return is a great place to start.
0: And have, you got to have your unique voice. Like you said, you're, yeah. you have your, your own unique, unique style. Yeah. And so there's a certain amount of people that like you because of that unique style. You're not necessarily trying to be like everybody else. You're just yeah. trying to be yourself, be your unique style, and that attracts its own audience.
1: Yep.
2: I think that we kind of
0: did that here on Startup Hustle. Like, you
2: know, we just wanted to
0: complain about being
2: entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah. We were like, you know, there's just like so many things that, we would Matt and I would find ourselves complaining about. I was like, dude, we should do a podcast and you know maybe well, complain about all this. And, and that, next thing you know, here we are.
0: A hundred thousand people have listened to this.
2: I know.
1: Well, you find this that, crazy. It's a lonely place to be an entrepreneur because most people you know aren't doing that, and so that's the other thing is I'd say, don't do it alone. Whether like I have my spouse, which is awesome. And maybe you have someone you work with. Oh, there. I have Matt, but find a mentor or like find other small business what? owners, because that's, I feel like the only way you stay sane is to know that, Oh, this is normal. I just,
2: I, I think we've actually, I think Matt and I are very similar in regards that we, <laughs> and in our lives in general, we actually, I surround, I think everybody I know is
1: an entrepreneur well that's not for me so good for yeah you. <laughs>
2: well no because it's it's a relatability thing yes. and i think that's why matt and yeah. i got to be friends yeah. before we were business partners and doing any of this is there was just like a, a level of of being able to relate to someone yes. like you know like you know what it's like to wake up at three in the morning and just feel like oh my god i'm gonna go broke and <laughs> this is just a total <laughs> train wreck and like finding someone that's like yeah man that I did that last night.
1: That's really important. Like, tell
2: me more, really you know? <laughs> so, and I think that that, that's helpful, but well, once again, if you want to follow us, uh, you can do so at, at startup hustle podcast. And if you want to check out what Matt and I do, you can go to fullscale.io. We help people build software and dreams. Yeah. I felt like the dreams, dreams part. I felt like that was really good. Um, can I take these earrings off now? Nope. <laughs> ah, I just don't understand how she got the logo, the startup hustle logo, and everything. And why are they as big as the sign that's here in the <laughs> studio? I mean, well, Kylie, thanks again. This was awesome. I'm looking forward to Matt spending twenty nine dollars on the site. Awesome. And for those of you that are out Get there, hooked. yeah, for those of you that are out there, go buy something now. Thank See you. See you next time.
1: Thanks.